Welcome to On the Way with Tony Crisp. Each weekday, Dr. Crisp will be discussing biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Tune in daily to start your day right and deepen your understanding of how to better walk the way and enjoy the journey. Here's your host, Dr. Tony Crisp. Welcome to On the Way. This is Tony Crisp, and this is the 365 Bible Reading Plan. Today is February 22nd, and our scripture for today is chapter 6 of Deuteronomy. What a tremendous chapter it is. The scripture simply says, Now this is the commandment, and these are the statutes and judgments which the Lord your God has commanded to teach you for this reason, that you may keep them, shamar, that you may observe them, that you may obey them in the land which you are crossing over to possess, that you may fear the Lord, you may give him his rightful place as the true and living God, that you may fear the Lord your God to keep all his statutes and his commandments which I command you, you and your son and your grandson. Yes, obeying God is generational. It is our responsibility as parents and grandparents to pass on the faith. In the New Testament, it is to the generation to come, pass on the faith that was once delivered to the saints. All the days of your life, you will do this. It's not just when they're young. It's the remainder of their life. It's not just when they're a child, not just when they're a teenager, not when they're just in their 20s or 30s or 40s. But as long as we live, we have the responsibility. And so verse 3 says, Therefore, hear, O Israel, and be careful. Be careful to observe it, that it may be well with you. Here again, God doesn't want to curse us. God wants to bless us. He wants things to be well with us. He wants us to have peace. The Lord Jesus, Yeshua HaMashiach said, My peace I give unto you, not as the world gives peace give unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither be afraid. We don't have to be afraid. We don't have to be troubled when we know that the Lord is with us that you may multiply greatly as the Lord God of your fathers has promised you a land flowing with milk and honey. In some of the podcasts ahead, we'll talk about what that means, the land of milk and honey. And verse 4 of chapter 6 is the most quoted of all of the scriptures by the Jewish people to this day. Shema, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. The Lord is God. He is one, the true and the living God. And here is what goes with that reality that he is God is this. Because he is God, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. Now, this is the great commandment, and it wasn't just the great commandment to the Jewish nation. It is the great commandment to everyone. Everyone will have a responsibility to love God. We have accountability to love God. You see, this is why the evolution crowd came into existence. It was a tool of the enemy, evolution, 
That is transmutative evolution that says that the things that were created were not created. They evolved through transmutation. Species jumped species and this kind turned into that kind. That's the opposite of the biblical reality and the biblical worldview. You either have to believe creation or you have to believe transmutational evolution. They do not go hand in hand together. Now, things evolve. That is, horses come in all different colors, but still a horse. It's not a cow. Cows come in all different colors and shapes and sizes and breeds, but it is still of the same kind. Trees, on and on and on. And even when they are hybrids, they do not replicate themselves. And the reason is God said everything will be according to its kind. And so God is God. And because he is God, we owe him our love. We owe him our devotion. And this is why to acknowledge God as creator says that indeed he is the one who made us. So we owe him our existence. And that brings about responsibility and accountability. And the wickedness of man's heart says, I don't want to be accountable and I don't want to be responsible to God. Man fights against that. These are the words which I command you today and they shall be in your heart. That's deep within you. That is the very essence of your being. You shall teach them diligently to your children. You don't just teach them, but you teach them diligently, repetitively. You have to do that all the time, anytime, everywhere. And you shall talk of them when you sit in your home. When was the last time you talked with your children or your grandchildren about the Lord? When was the last time you seriously talked about Bible things in a natural way? Or was it awkward because you rarely ever talk about God? Or is it awkward because of sin in the family? Is it awkward because it's not something that you talk about often? How sad that children grow up in so-called Christian homes and godly homes, but yet the Lord is not reverenced. He's not talked about. He's not first place in the home. Other things are, and other things are more important. God wants to be all in all. And so he says, you need to teach your children diligently while you're talking with them, sitting in the home, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, when you rise up. In other words, it's a way of life. You see, to walk with God is not something we do on Shabbat or do something on the first day of the week, on the Lord's day. It is every day, all day, any day. And that is the life that God wants us to live. And that is the normal life God wants us to live. Actually, we have lived subnormal so long. We've lived below par so very long that when somebody just becomes normal and Jesus is their life, then we think they are abnormal, above normal. We think, well, they are really, really sold out. Well, that's just the normal Christian life is for Jesus to be our life, not in a part of our life, not an addendum, not an appendix that we can do with or without. But Jesus is our life. That's the normal Christian life. 
And so the Jews were told, you are to do this as a way of life. You shall bind these words. What words? The Shema, that the Lord God is one and that we are to give him his rightful place, to fear him, to love him with everything that's within us. And God said, I want you to bind them as a sign on your hand. These are called teflim, or in the Greek world of the New Testament, phylacteries. And yes, these rituals have been abused. And they were during the days of Jesus. You remember, he called them out and said, some of you are taking liberties and you are trying to gauge and measure your spirituality by the size of the boxes on your hands and on your head and by the decorative mezuzahs you have on your doorpost. God said, you need to have all of these things as reminders, and that's all they are. They're symbols. They are not items of worship themselves, but they can become that. And they had become that in the days of Jesus, and he had to deal with that every day of his life that he was in Jerusalem and around the countryside because people had focused and majored on minors and not the truth that stood behind those symbols and those rituals and routines. You see, this can happen anywhere. People go to the synagogue today. Jews go to the synagogue, and many of them don't go there to worship. They go there to be seen and to see, just like believers and followers of Jesus do the same thing. Do you think everyone that goes to church on Sunday morning, when they go, or as often as they go, that every time they go, they have the right heart and the right mind, the right spirit? Well, that'll be very few, if any, all the time, because we are sinful creatures, and even the best sometimes don't go with a proper attitude. Do you read the Word of God every day? Good. You should. I'm glad you're reading this, but don't make this in itself, the 365 Bible reading plan, an end in itself. It's only the beginning. It has a goal in mind. It's not an end. It is a means to an end. The reason we need to form a habit of reading the Word of God on a daily basis is so we can meet God, so we can know God better. It's not just reading the Bible for the sake of reading the Bible so we can check it off and tell somebody we're doing it. No, God forbid, may it never be. The reason that we're reading the Bible together is so that we can get to know the Word of God so we can know the living Word of God, so we can walk with God, know His will for our lives, and begin to do it as a way of life. And when we do that, God meets with us, and our lives become whole and well and tov, good, and filled with shalom, peace, uh, balance, wholeness. All of these things are part and parcel of what we're doing. And the reason we're reading and the reason we're studying and the reason I'm writing and the reason I do these podcasts is to help you to know God, the God of the Bible, so that you can love him. Because the more you know about him, the more you see his goodness and graciousness and holiness, the more you see his love and compassion and his mercy and his gentleness toward us, the more you will admire him, the more you will love him, the more you will seek after him. That's my desire for your life. And that's what God wanted out of his people. Now he cautioned them beginning in verse 10 about disobedience. And he said, you need to be careful 
when you get into your beautiful cities and you start drinking the water that you didn't draw, you start eating of the vineyards and the olive trees that you did not plant. And when you have eaten and are full, beware lest you forget the Lord who brought you up out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. Now, that's interesting. I have been traveling to Israel, as many of you know, for more than four decades. I have been with people in all sets of circumstances and all of the holidays I've spent in Israel except for Yom Kippur. That is such a sacred time to the Jews that I want to let them alone so that they can have their days together with their family and in their reflection before God. But I also know that I've learned so much from them. Many times they will bless God before they eat, but it's often after they eat that they will thank God and bless his name. If they have before the meal, certainly again after the meal. Now, why do they do that? Because God said, remember me, not when you're hungry, because that's very natural to ask God and bless God when we haven't eaten. But after we have eaten, it is very easy to forget what we have just done and what a blessing we have just enjoyed. And God said, when you're full and you are blessed in every way, don't forget to say thank you. And this is why the Jews many times will wait until after they eat to give thanks. You say, well, why would they do that? Because God said so. That's why most of what they do, they do because God said so, or they interpreted God to say it in a certain way. And so all of this has to do with walking with God. Now, you'll notice in verse 16, you shall not tempt the Lord your God as you tempted him at Massah. And this is one of the verses that Jesus quoted. Remember, when Jesus was in the wilderness for 40 days and nights being continually tempted, he wasn't just tempted three times. He was continually tempted for 40 days and 40 nights. No, there were just three examples which covered the three categories in which all sinful behavior fall into. The lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. But when Jesus answered him, he answered him out of the book of Deuteronomy. He said, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. And remember that the Lord Jesus, out of all the Torah, he quoted from Deuteronomy more than any of the other books. In the writings, out of the Psalms more than any other of the books. Out of the prophets, it was Isaiah more than any of the other books. And his favorite was the Psalms. But he quoted often from Deuteronomy. And it was a part of his daily life is to study the book of Deuteronomy. And many times the Lord would say, just like everyone else does, the Shema. So as we read through this, remember, we are following in the footsteps of Jesus. That's right. Jesus was a Jew. He still is a Jew, will be a Jew throughout all eternity. Either that's so, or John made a mistake when he wrote the book of Revelation and misquoted Jesus because Jesus said in the last chapter of the Bible, I am the root and the offspring of David. He is the lion of the tribe of Judah. He is, he was, he ever shall be. For On The Way, this is Tony Crisp. Thanks for listening to On The Way with Tony Crisp. 
Tune in every weekday for information on biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Fridays are for your questions. Email your questions to questions at TonyCrisp.org. Then just listen for your question to be answered on Friday's podcast. That's questions at TonyCrisp.org. Thanks for listening and have a blessed day on the way.